from India's largest newsroom, I'm Arun George, and this is the Times of India podcast. The Maratha quota showdown is now building up with Maharashtra. with divisions and tensions within the Eknath Shinde government on the 27th of january maharashtra chief minister eknath shinde assured manoj jairange patel that the state government would grant the marathas reservation as other backward castes or obcs this would give them access to reserved seats for obcs in educational institutes and government jobs Shinde convinced Jairange Patel to end his indefinite fast and effectively also ended a protest march by Marathas towards the state's capital Mumbai to press their demand for a quota. This is the latest success of the Maratha community in getting the government to promise reservations. However, the last time the state government granted a similar reservation in 2014, it was struck down by the Supreme Court. It's not clear how the latest promise to grant reservations just ahead of state and national elections will play out. to decode the demand for a quota its latest success and its political fallout my colleague bhavika jain spoke with sociologist dr suryakant vagmode professor suryakant teaches at iit bombay and was formerly chairperson of the center for social justice and governance at tiss in mumbai professor suryakant has also studied the maratha demand for reservations very closely He says initially the Maratha community were opposed to reservations entirely but then the community's views changed somewhere around the mid 1980s and gradually changed into a full-fledged demand for a quota There is a radical rejection of reservations as a whole amongst the leadership of Marathas initially but 85 onwards there is this switch this is in keeping with the changes in the trajectory of Maratha power till 1990s the agrarian structure is such that marathas are able to hold on to their power for a while but this is something that is under tremendous stress thereafter and see this is a stress that every uh, caste that is dependent on agriculture is facing so you know, the farmlands uh, are fragmented they become smaller there is both demand and urge to move out of farming sector reservations is seen as something that has benefited the caste lower down initially the scheduled caste and now the obcs post 90s and that comes to be seen as a major uh, recourse one has to take for social mobility in fact a scholar called rajeshwari deshpande writes on this that how marathas uh, managed to first push kunbis as an obc caste into the obc list and that was the beginning you know it was a matter of time she wrote i mean almost one and a half or two decades back saying that uh, you know this is going to be the stepping stone for marathas to claim the obc status the kunbi community who are primarily farmers have been classified as obcs decades ago and have therefore been eligible to get seats in government jobs and educational institutes under the reserved quota for obcs among the demands of activists like manoj jairange patel is that every maratha should be considered as a kunbi to be granted reservation professor suryakant explains why this is a shift for the marathas so you know marathas are divided into the pure caste within themselves what are called as the asal marathas it's embarrassing for them to be called a kunbi because they claim to be warriors it was always this status of being high and and a warrior caste that inhibited their urge to demand the states because that would mean you're backward right 
सो इन मराठी दाइज अ सेइंग दैट यू नो कुंबी मांजला आणि मराठा झाला सो व्हेन द कुंबी यू नो गेन्स प्रॉस्पेरिटी और गेन्स एरोगेंस ही बिकम्स मराठा राईट नाउ व्हॉट वी सी इज यू नो होल सर्कल ऑफ मराठास लूजिंग देअर स्टेटस पावर इन वन सेन्स अँड डिमांडिंग टू बी कॉल्ड एज बॅकवर्ड यू नो अँड वॉन्टिंग रिझर्वेशन्स या सो इट वॉज इंटरेस्टिंग दॅट मराठा ऑर्गनायझेशन्स हॅड टू डिमांड्स one was uh, they wanted the scst atrocities act to be abolished and the second was give us reservations professor suryakant says that the demand for the abolishing of the scst atrocities act came because many marathas had been accused of many caste related atrocities over the years he says what is important to note is that the maratha community has stuck together through all its protests for reservations whether it was the massive protests in the state in 2016 or the recent protests led by jairange patil But the Maratha community is also one of the most powerful communities in the state both politically and economically. Bhavika asked Professor Suryakant how they could claim to be backward. A large part of what the Maharashtra assembly would consist of would be about 50 to 60% of Maratha MLAs. Similarly, at least 12 CMs that Maharashtra has had uh, are from the Maratha community some even serving multiple terms. even when the community still calls itself as underrepresented in politics how does anybody from the community really justify this see first of all it makes no sense for marathas as a whole to claim political or economic backwardness maratha politics is also based on their control of cooperatives credit cooperatives also sugar cooperatives and uh, also a lot of educational institutions are governed and run by marathas which are state aided again and also there is enough data on land holdings uh, in marathwada and outside and most how you know most of it is uh, owned by marathas the social power of marathas the economic power of marathas which rested on control of land is withering because lands are fragmented there is increasing poverty and so on and so forth if that is the logic that can be used for claiming reservations that means we are using the logic of class that is poverty and in one sense the economically weaker section reservation ews should take care of that right because that's the new uh, reservation that is being implemented but here's a claim of demand for reservations based on caste right it's not about class it's not merely about poverty it's also about the power uh, that the marathas embody in terms of their numbers the economic and social power narayan rane is uh, said that you know we don't want reservations as kunbis it's lowering our status we would want it as marathas right so there is this internal dynamic also right however what we see is that this this claim of economic backwardness amongst marathas has to be looked in comparison with others right so what percentage of marathas are facing poverty how does it stand in comparison to other obcs scs sts and what we definitely can say with confidence is that marathas are not the worst placed so if poverty has increased it's increased for all groups and economic status was never the logic for claiming reservations so that's why we say this see this you know new politics of claiming the kunbi status instead and not merely uh, you know talking of poverty amongst marathas yeah. Professor Suryakant says the economic backwardness of Marathas despite their political and economic power should have sparked a class battle within the community but it never did 
He says their latest swift victory in the battle for reservations is proof of the political power the Marathas enjoy in the state. There is a lot of uh, hope vested in reservations for all groups. The point that you are making that you know that if so many politicians and so many uh, you know uh, rural lords, landlords, or cooperative bosses and so on have so much power, how come so many Marathas are going, uh, you know, getting affected economically? Uh, the answer is of course. So the political class has benefited more, right? But this has never led to a class revolution within Marathas. You will never find Maratha groups questioning Maratha politicians. In Marathi, there is a saying: "For your caste, you have to eat mud if needed." Right? <laughs> Sometimes I feel that if one caste does it with most sincerity in Maratha, it's the Marathas. You know, whenever there is a case of caste violence against uh, you know some scheduled caste woman. There are some Marathas who feel for the scheduled caste woman, but they will stand with their own caste. The spirit of empathy for others simply has to be, like they say, you have to eat mud for your caste. At this point, you cannot really speak justice and so on. And that is what we see in this, you know, this solidarity that is emerging, right? So if it's about poverty, why do they not align with other poor? Why is there no class consciousness? So therefore, even this demand of reservations, you know, you'll see all these big vehicles. big uh, farmers within marathas right politicians businessmen supporting these movements so those who have in marathas are contributing with all possible means to this movement despite this increasing uh, you know feeling of economic deprivation which is like i said felt across caste but if this injury is more for the marathas right we also see impressive solidarity within marathas so much so that the maharashtra government is going to now make another attempt we will soon have ordinance right which will try to figure out how to push all the marathas into obcs and and take it back to supreme court all this tells us about the power of marathas not about poverty of marathas if you look at the entire trajectory of the uh, movement since 2016 particularly it has always been a leaderless movement like there has not been a single one specific leader telling the community which way to walk why did this entire movement need a jarange patil and what has led to his rise or acceptability within the community no i see this as part of the larger strategy of uh, marathas uh, in terms of keeping this movement uh, non political because marathas are a politically dominant caste if you look at the way uh, marathas presence in politics is you know the uh, known political scientist rajendra bora while studying uh, the presence of mlas in maharashtra post independence argues that it's not maharashtra it's maratha rashtra saying that irrespective of which party is in power maratha mlas always are 40 to 60 percent you know that's the nature of their power so having a political leader lead a movement of uh, maratha reservations makes no sense right because uh, you know it, it goes Uh, against the very idea that marathas are backwards right so it has to be a non political movement and this does not mean that the the non political and political do not meet in the movement of marathas it does and it always does because the maratha politicians are dependent on marathas you know if marathas vote for marathas it translates into some state perks for marathas so while the movement may seem non political there was always support because there no maratha politician can survive without marathas even in 2016 uh, 
we had this you know total non political groups no political symbols at all right but the the message was about maratha unity right the crowd the movement was about showing maratha power through crowds jarange patil is from uh, gevrai right he's a small farmer who sold his land like any other farmer who comes under agrarian stress right he was associated with uh, suresh dhande who has been a maratha mla who has been part of ncp and shiv sena local activists jokingly say you know that uh, no one would have known who jarange patil was 6 months back now all the mlas or mps he may have worked for have to take appointment to meet him right i mean he wouldn't even meet them now what this tells us is that the movement required someone non political one and someone who would appear as the leader of the poor amongst marathas and he has done that so we, you know now we see jarange patil as someone who has this charisma of who can do anything for uh, the poor amongst marathas so manoj jarange patil has emerged as a prominent face of this uh, leg of the agitation he also represents the non establishment class within the community is that one of the reasons for his acceptability as a leader in the community see in india the trajectory is such that every leader who is non political has to become political in a matter of time so for jarange patil also it's a matter of time no leader uh, in india remains from kejriwal to hardik patel to chandrashekar azad so this is a moment of if you want to say gandhianism of jarange patil right now right but it it's not going to survive for long see elections are close now very soon we'll see that chief minister uh, mr shinde will claim that you know they have achieved everything that uh, mr patil wanted and now is the time for us to forget all this and you know move on vote for the general election state elections there is a strong possibility that jarange patil will stay non political till this election however what has been achieved is already political and like i said it's a matter of time jarange patil will become political he will have to become part of some political party also does he have enough control so to say over the community on which way uh to vote can he sort of control the outcomes of the elections because jarange patil has pushed himself as a non political leader and uh, it suits the movement of the marathas right now to not be political so he will stick to the li- that line at least till the end of this elections what we see is that jarange patil will not have that kind of influence to switch or to decide where marathas vote which side because for the movement itself it made sense to have him as a non political figure right as soon as politics kicks in the other aspects of politics become important the local patronage you know uh, the local ideas right so it's not merely about what jarange patil can deliver but what people see as the best political party right and so marathas largely have been with ncp in marathwada we see that Uh, some switch in shiv sena also may happen but uh, in terms of voting you know it will vary for the lok sabha and the vidhan sabha so you know the current situation in the state is very peculiar like we have three parties who are forming the government two of them have maratha leaders and it is extremely important for ekna shinde to sort of shed his his image of a dummy cm and to come out almost have a time you know get his time in the spotlight and did he try to do that with this 
the way he sort of mediated and he tried to diffuse the agitation very much now this was very much a time for shinde to also uh, you know play his maratha caste card which he hasn't been playing because the hindutva card was more important for the bjp so uh, this definitely uh, does the job for for shinde as such how does this agitation change the electoral discourse for the bjp for the shiv sena which is of course now split into between two leaders and for the ncp which is again split bhavika what is interesting is that have you found any political party which said we oppose this uh, demand of marathas there is no political party there is only one obc leader it's chagan bujbal now chagan bujbal is talking as a leader of obcs he's not talking as a leader of mali caste now what this has definitely done is that there is a divide between obcs and the marathas right so in terms of politics uh, one would find it amazing that from someone like prakash ambedkar to shinde we don't find any so that's what i'm saying that that in terms of politics this is there is no disagreement right now even if congress was to be in power they would have brought in this ordinance the problem of marathas is not the government so what i see in the long run is that you know there is a strong possibility marathas will become obcs in maharashtra they will need to work out a law to recognize them as obcs so what i am suggesting is that this issue will not affect the usual course of politics radically because it's not about who can do this for marathas everyone is willing to do it for marathas so uh, it's it's about how does one get recognition from supreme court that this is a legal measure and now they have found the legal measure just push every maratha into the kunbi bracket find some records you know historically there should be some it may feel very dampening to say that you know this mass gathering is not going to translate into any political outcome it is going to translate you know for instance shinde will claim some bit of it but i don't think it's going to radically translate into anything there are other factors which will come into play uh, several from identity issues to religion and so on will this have any effect on the identity based politics of the state now if this movement leads to formation of an independent obc party that could radically affect chances of all the parties all main major parties right but i don't see any signs of that happening right now what will happen is marathas will get obc status the reservation for obcs may increase in maharashtra you know there will be layered reservations so some part will be assigned to marathas the rest will be given to the other groups within obcs why the uh, marathas i think do not you know want the ews because it's only 10% their claim may be much higher if for instance we made obc reservations 40% or 45% they may claim whatever is increased as theirs and and we have examples from other states where this has already been done you know we've had the congress even sharad pawar to prakash ambedkar talking about um the center taking this entire question to the center and asking them to lift the 50% uh, caste ceiling now uh, does this really bring us to the point where we are seeing that caste politics has reached its limit in the country but the states can increase it beyond 
especially in in matters related to state they can take reservations beyond 50% and they have done that in states like like i said tamil nadu is already gone beyond and tamil nadu is also a case where you know we have the several of these dominant groups who became obcs that's why we have more more reserved seats there right so has caste reached its peak in terms of politics so i think caste is a substantial part of indian polity right indian society so uh in terms of making claims i think maybe tamil nadu has reached its peak in terms of reservations and all right the other states are mimicking but i think caste thrives in, in politics and it will continue to thrive you know either in terms of hegemony or in terms of you know counter mobilization but it has limits like i said if uh, the marathas were to think of poverty of all that would be ideal doesn't look like that's happening As Professor Suryakant explained, the reservation may not change politics in the state, barring possible gains for some leaders like Chief Minister Eknath Shinde. It will also mean leaders like Jairangi Patil could fade into the background as the election campaign becomes the biggest issue in Maharashtra. But what does the quota mean for the Maratha community if it is implemented? To what degree will it give the Maratha community some immediate gains? When one gets for reservations. you have certain seats reserved in educational institutes jobs so it it definitely means mobility for few because much of the economy is based on precarity you know you, you are not getting good jobs so government jobs and education is definitely you know uh, at least those who can get into these services these educational institutions it it means a lot but in terms of actual gains see like i said the marathas are not exactly placed at the social and economic ladder uh, at the lower ladder as compared to obcs scsts so in terms of actual gains it means consolidating that dominance it means reproducing that dominance right so politically we are dominant it's almost like saying you know we don't want to see poor marathas we are not used to it if other groups are poor it's okay see caste can be mobilized for progressive causes if you are from you know an untouchable groups you are demanding dignity entry into temples you know fighting against caste atrocities you know, their caste plays or gives hopes of some universal premise you know, let us all be equals right so that's why i said you know here we see uh, an ideal case of zati sati mati khavi right it's like you know, we have more there is poverty amongst us but we want more right so it's definitely reproducing uh, the dominance of uh, of marathas and that's a substantial outcome if it's achieved today's episode was produced by jairaj singh and sahil gupta for a daily spotlight on people ideas and stories that matter subscribe to us we're available on ty plus spotify apple google podcasts and all other platforms of your choice for any news tips email us at typodcast@timesinternet.in at